Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. 855-212-4227. I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. Marco Belletti on the updates. Great to be with you on this Thursday, dipping our toes into Friday. Uh, excited for tomorrow's show. Um, usually on Friday, we get some people that call that, uh, you know, have been enjoying themselves a little bit. Uh, I think that the party has started for some already this evening. Uh, and that is that is fine. You do what you do with your time, and then it's us. Uh, it's us to uh, swat, swat whatever swear words come our way out of your mouth. Just clean up your act before you call in. I shouldn't have to be the one to put soap in your mouth. Did you ever get that, Chef? Did you ever get soap in your mouth if you swore? I did not. Uh, we did it. I don't want to. I don't want to out my parents here, but I did one time. I got soap in my mouth. The intention was to clean out the nasty words in your mouth. Right. I got spanked. Um, I don't think I got spanked, but I did get soap in the mouth. Did you learn your lesson after you got spanked? <sighs> no, not 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 really. And I and I, I should say I didn't get spanked as a child. <laughs> no comment. I just want to clear yeah. that up. All right. No, I got you. You know, listen. It's all relative because I mean. I don't want to speak for your parents, but I know my parents, they got whipped with belts. So, like, I feel like with each passing generation, we tend to be a little kinder to the next. Look, I don't want to – I'm not here to be judged right. um, as a father. I offer the information that I offer just to have the conversation and to notice disparities and differences. So I don't need to – I don't even need to – I don't even need to say it, but but I do – I just find it interesting that there was one time where I got soap in my mouth for swearing. Um, as I got older, obviously, I will swear in front of my parents in conversation. No big deal. But I was also on the couch tonight with my four-year-old, and we were watching some show. And uh, while we were cuddling and watching a show, we were also calling each other the F word. <laughs> 
and and he knows it's a bad word. So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we we were calling each other. Me the and F my word? son. Yeah. There is no way <laughs> in heck. That your wife was around for this conversation. Well, I'm trying to set you a good example for your son. If he's getting all these Fs uh, at four years old being spewed in front of his earwaves, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to make sure that uh, I use the word heck in case he's listening. He said, uh, don't tell mommy, okay? Smart. I said, you don't tell mommy. <laughs> Smart kid. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows. He oh, knows. Wow. Look, it's just, it's just they, I, I read one study one time once that said people that swear are smarter. So I'm trying to I'm trying to get this kid's brain moving. Did the study also say people that are reading this are really gullible? <laughs> yeah, no, but that was on the ceiling. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. When I was reading the survey. Um someone who I think should have soap in his mouth. Actually, not for saying this. Well, it's hard to determine. Cause uh Rob Manfred spoke today and gave a little bit of an update of how much longer we can expect Rob Manfred. And uh, it got some mixed reaction. Here is Rob Manfred today. Look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. That Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. You can only have so much fun um, in one lifetime. So he's got about five years left is what he's telling people, that he wants to dip out in 2029. And there were many people that said, whoa, okay, Five more years of this commissioner of baseball. Fine. And there were many other people that said, still five more years of Robert Dean Manfred Jr. I re I need to remind myself about what makes a good commissioner. And I really looked into this when Roger Goodell got his new contract extension and the amount of money that he is making. 50 to $60 million to be the commissioner. Um, That's a lot of money. So why would a guy who is in charge of a sport, you would think a job like that, you know, when you work your way up to the head of a company, and this is the head of the NFL, you would get a pretty nice salary. I would think if you were to quiz people, how much is Roger Goodell making? They might go 15, 20, uh, 25, 30. You know, that's still a lot of money, but again, he is in charge of the NFL. And I realize why it's so high is because he is the shield. He's not just protecting the shield, as they'll say. He is the shield. And Manfred's the same way. These commissioners are not what I initially thought as a young man in between soap taste tests. What I initially thought was the commissioner was like, Super fan. He wanted to make the sport better. Uh, He wanted to make sure that it was improving, that access was growing, that fandom was growing. And he was, he was doing it. The thing that he woke up thinking about and going to sleep thinking about was the fan. That's what I thought. Uh, Until I think when baseball went on strike in 94, I was a young boy and I realized, oh, oh, wow, I've been, I've been rooting for and loving this game. Baseball, the way that I loved baseball as a kid, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I really love football. Like, I'm obsessed. I am obsessed with the NFL. I'm obsessed. And I love the NBA. I really do. I really like soccer. 
You know, I, I like I like a lot of different things. But the way that when you're a child and you like something, there is still an innocence there. And baseball to me was everything. I collected cards. The toys that I wanted for Christmas and birthdays were starting lineup action figures, which I still have and have passed down to the boy. Um, that's what I wanted. I I watched games whenever I could. I enjoyed the Cubs quite a bit as a young man because they were on TV during the day. That's why I think there should be day baseball every day. Every day that there is baseball, there should be at least one day game somewhere out there, whether it's for the young kids or for now the gamblers. Something on TV to watch during the afternoon, um, if, if you could do that. I also, I mean, I liked Atlanta. Atlanta was on TV all the time. The The Brewers, I'm in Milwaukee. The Brewers were only on TV once a week, usually. Home Sundays. You know, so I listened to a lot of radio, listened to the games, uh, watched Sports Center for the highlights. You know, I, I I was really into baseball, playing in the backyard with my dad. And it was it was everything to me. And then they went on strike. Oh, I was also bad at it. I just want to make sure. Like, I loved it as a fan. I knew very early, though, that I was meant to be a fan. Um, I was very bad at, at baseball. I How bad was I, you ask? I was a catcher. I was a catcher. And you say, well, there's a lot of good catchers. I was a catcher in T-ball. So if you could think about that for a minute. The ball is on a T. Um, nobody throws the ball, and thus nobody is needed to catch it. So I was a catcher in T-ball. I always dreamed that one day, you know, because when kids would would hit the ball off the tee, sometimes they would hit it just under the baseball, and it would pop up into the air. And I, so I was always ready for that. I was always ready for that because then I could dive, catch the ball, make an out. What a hero I would be. You think I'm just a catcher in T-ball? Oh, I'll be a catcher in T-ball. I'll be the catcher in T-ball. And then one day, 10 or 11 games into the season, batters at the plate, swings, the ball pops up in the air. It felt like it was in the air for an eternity. And I looked at it, and I stared at it, and then it started coming down, and then it hit the dirt because I froze. Because I got so nervous. And then I did not get selected the next year by my friend's dad as they were able to keep seven or eight kids each year for the next team. And I decided that, no, I'm going to play soccer this summer instead. Which somehow I was even worse at. A story for another day. But I love baseball. I love it so much. And I realized at a young age that what I thought was a commissioner trying to, at the time, Bud Selig, trying to uh, be a steward of the game was actually, no, he's just, he's basically like, he's an owner. He doesn't own a team. He owns baseball. He works with the owners. When there's a division that happens and the players take one side and the owners take the other, he will play on the owner's side. And so what these commissioners do is they protect They speak on behalf of, they're basically the mouthpiece. And it's a tough job because a lot of people hate you. 
I think a lot of people don't like Rob Manfred. And there's a lot of things that Rob Manfred has done in his tenure to make us not like him. I mean, I don't know that anybody likes Rob Manfred or thinks he's doing a good job. Now, there are recent changes in baseball, which some people have accepted. But this is not, like, whatever we're watching now is completely different than than what I watched growing up. You think football's changed? You think basketball's changed? I mean, yeah, the NBA at one point added a three-point line. Major League Baseball's essentially added seven three-point lines. Like, we play a nine-inning game, and then you get a free runner on second base in the 10th inning? I'm still not totally over that one. I like to go to baseball games, and I like baseball. I like baseball because the time is the game itself. There is no there is no clock. You don't need a watch. You don't need a watch to play baseball. You just play nine innings, three outs up, three outs down. Well, in Major League Baseball, you need you need a clock now. You need a pitch clock. You need a pitch clock in between pitches. You need the, you need a pitch clock because you know. Yeah, did it get out of high, out of hand? Like I gotta do this glove, I gotta do this glove. I mean, I mean, sure, some of that got out of hand. But I thought there were other ways to try to at least attempt to solve it than introducing a clock into the one sport that doesn't have one. It's just a totally different kind of game. I don't think he handled the Astros situation well. Everybody kind of got a free pass. It was almost like, you know, like when you see. I don't know, like a flash mob or something, and they're trespassing. If it's just one guy, it's hard to arrest. Uh, It's easier to arrest them. If it's 40 people, it's like, we can't get any of these guys. And it was like there were too many people to penalize, and so he penalized no one, and they've kind of gotten away with it. History's kind of forgotten about uh, the Astros. I mean, we... We see Altuve signs a deal, and we're like, oh, you know, cheater, bang, bang, trash can. Hey, here's what his here's what his trophy's going to look like, or they're going to build a statue one day of him banging a trash can, LOL, meme, share, retweet, like. But they kind of got away with it. I mean, people are still calling the Patriots cheaters for what do they do, take an air out of a football? Mm. The Astros were using video technology and then came up with a coded system, which there is some ingenuity in that. I mean, there, there definitely is, but they got away with it. Uh, the COVID year, the COVID year was a mess. Um, they're trying to bring baseball back. And I understand that they wanted things to, to be safe from what we knew when we knew it, but that season could have started several other times. And then they got in a fight about money. We didn't have a 60 game season because of health and safety. We had a 60 game season because once it was determined that the baseball players weren't going to get a 162-game schedule. Owners didn't want to pay them for a 162-game schedule. So they had to figure that out all summer. And then finally, we got a 60-game dash to the finish in which the commissioner awarded the Dodgers a trophy that he referred to as a hunk of metal. So the very thing that we play for in the sport Nobody seems to, the commissioner doesn't even seem to be interested in. So I wanted to look at, and I put this out online, and I'll share some of the answers, and uh, maybe you have one as well, but what would it take over the next five years, what would Rob Manfred need to do for you to think, 
this guy had a good tenure. This guy made the game better. This guy was a good commissioner of the game. He improved the sport. Or are you somebody that thinks that's already happened? Because I know that games are quicker and there's more teams in the playoffs. And there's, I, I just, I personally, I don't have what I had when I was a kid with this game. And that strike happened in 94 and it took me a long time to come back. I came back during the steroid home run era. And it's grown and grown. My love for it has grown and grown. And I got to tell you, these recent changes and the postseason where you play 162 games and then you can lose in a weekend. I don't like the disparity there. I personally am having a harder time getting into it. And I think a lot of it is because of the changes that have happened under Manfred. So what would he have to do? What would baseball have to do over the next five years, his tenure, before it expires, to make you think differently of, of him and and the work that he has done? 855-212-4227. We could talk about that. I got a lot of good answers. It all boils down, I think, to one big thing, which has become even a bigger problem under this guy. We'll have that coming up. 855-212-4227, CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Right. We're getting Bart as we speak. Number to get aboard is 855-212-4CBS. That is 855-212-4227. Bart, can you hear me? Hello, Bart. All right. We're going to get Bart up as soon as possible. You know, he was making some very compelling points about the state of baseball. And um, the truth of the matter is, I don't think you can make an argument that Rob Manfred is a good commissioner. In any way, shape, or form, you can talk about the size of the base, bases, right? We can talk about the speed of the game and the pitch clock. But has that really helped improve the game? Now, I don't think anyone expected the Rangers to win the World Series and the Diamondbacks to get by the Phillies, but, uh, you know, pretty surprising year in the, in the state of baseball. That's for sure. Now, as I take this call, we got Andrew in Toronto. I'm going to still try to get Bart back up. So, Andrew, you are on the phone line. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to give credit to one person, um, but I've been harping for a long time. You know, stolen bases are fun. Triples are fun. You know, anybody can notice somebody stealing, you know, taking second, you know, in the stands, and that's fun, you know. So I'm glad that, you know, the stolen bases, you know, come, become a little bit more important. Um, you know, I think the next biggest thing, the next biggest thing would for sure for me be, you know, you know, baseball is a grind. It's a slog. And I think, you know, it'll, it'll always feel like a long season. 
But, yeah, you know, playing two games in the playoffs and then being toast, I think that's tough to wrap your head around. You know, I'd love to see a 148 regular season, five-game five game postseason first round, and then, you know, away we go. But, um, you know, I also don't think it makes sense for, you know, some of these divisions. You know, you know baseball is a regional game. I'd love to see some more rivalries, you know, in the season as opposed to, you know, highlighting Sunday nights or, you know, your, your, your Monday nights and – um, yeah, you know, get some regional rivalries back and, you know, as opposed to, you know, some of these long-winded, uh, you know, kind of archaic divisions. I would agree with that. You are, Andrew, are you, a, are you a Blue Jays fan? Heck yeah. Okay. Uh, enlighten the country, more specifically the states, about this gentleman, Mr. Schneider, as a manager. Because, I mean, you and I both know Cito Gaston, you know, Touch Them All Joe. Those are some magical years in the 1990s, early 90s. Uh, what have they done since? I know Delgado and Vernon and, you know, uh, and obviously uh, Batista, but Joey Bats, but why have they struggled so much the last 30 years? Wow, that's tough. I mean, you know, we had a huge run in 15-16, but, you know, in regards to Schneider, he's been in our organization, I think, for just over, just almost 20 years. You know, he came up in the minors as, as a player, and um, but, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't think it's the AL East demons. It's just... Um, yeah, teams haven't been good enough. It's hard to win in baseball, and uh, you know ownership's finally getting you know getting their feet back into it, and you know spending some big bucks. You know we're a huge market in Toronto, and you know we got a whole country behind us, and you know it's you know finally we're up into the uh, you know top five, top six in, in spending, and you know that helps. But um, yeah, you got to get lucky sometimes. But um, yeah, we just haven't been able, you know, for a long time, haven't been able to you know rein it in. No, it's a, it's a fair point. And just lastly, Andrew, uh, does Rob Manfred miss you? Uh, make you miss Bud Selig? That's <laughs> saying uh, something. I, I, <laughs> you know, it's it, again, it's you know, it's really easy to pinpoint. You know, we see uh, you know we see it up here in hockey. Everybody hates Gary Batman, but you know, it's not just him making decisions, right? Right. Um, and it's. You know, it's tricky. No, hey, listen, man. Good knowledge on Toronto. I don't think the Blue Jays are discussed a lot in the States. Obviously, Schneider's doing a good job with them. I think they finished 16 games over 500 in a relatively competitive AL East. And we know the Yankees, uh, you know what, the bed in 2023. And they can make all 2024 jokes that they want and talk about next year. You sucked in 2023. Andrew, appreciate the call. Call back anytime, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, my friend. Number to get aboard is 855-212-4CBS. That is 855-212-4227. We're going to look to get Bart Winkler up. He had the Bartometer, and I know a lot of people are fans of that. You know, he's talking about controversy with the sound. I mean, really, folks, I mean, everything that took place this week in sports, that's what we're talking about in terms of what bothers us. Um, I'm going to put, as I'm scrolling to his Bartometer, I'm going to put out the teams that he put out there in terms of top eight. Now, the top eight are teams that he believes, aside from the 49ers and the Chiefs, have the best chance at winning a Super Bowl. So, number eight, he has the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and company. I, I can understand that. Trevor Lawrence is a guy um, that has the golden arm, and he was banged up, and they were certainly headed in the direction of making back-to-back playoff appearances. Injuries got the better of him, and also going against a rookie quarterback in the same division, the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud played a lot better than people realized his rookie year. So the Jaguars are number eight. Lions are number seven. Packers are number six. Eagles are number five. Ravens are number four. Bills, number three. Cowboys, number two. And the Bengals, number one. So... 
Here's my thing with Bart's list. It, it's a, or I should say the Bartometer's list. It, it's a pretty good list. I like that he has the Bills and the Ravens in the top four in terms of teams to make it and ultimately win the Super Bowl 59 in 2025. It's going to be in New Orleans, I believe. And so we know the last time that happened, and I believe someone pointed this out on the show, so good on them for that, um, was the uh, was the Ravens winning with Joe Flacco. And I'm going to do something right now that probably has never been done in the history of CBS Sports Radio. I am going to, well, I'm going to put that, you know what? I'm not going to screen this call. I'm going to put it on hold. So if you're calling right now, just know I'm going to get to you. Um, but I'm going to screen it because i got to literally talk. All right. So CBS Radio, hold, please. Thank you. Um, so I will make sure it gets your calls on the other side. I'll screen you during the break if you're calling. I, I, I appreciate you. Um, so, yeah, again, Bart Winkler has the Bengals as the number one team outside of the 49ers and the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl and win. Here's the thing. They were really, really close. I mean, as close as you can get against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And Joe Burrow obviously has the only distinctive title alongside a retired quarterback in Tom Brady that can say he beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Brady did it twice, Burrow did it once, and he did it in an epic second-half comeback at Arrowhead, which was once known as Burrowhead until, of course, the Chiefs beat the Bengals once and for all. So I, I the Cowboys are way too high to me. I think that the Bills are right where they should be. The Ravens are right where they should be. The Eagles, I mean, I, I mean, can Nick Sariani do a choke job any more than he did in 2023? I don't know why they're so high according to the Bartometer. And then to have the Cowboys number two, I think, is just absolutely ridiculous. And I love Dak Prescott. I love his story. I love that he he's an overachiever in terms of where he was drafted. I think he's one of the all-time. I think he's the third greatest quarterback in the history of the Cowboys franchise. But the combination of him and Mike McCarthy has never worked out whatsoever. Mike McCarthy... They were not prepared. I actually think they're going to be an upgrade defensively with Dan Quinn not being there anymore, electing to go, you know, 41 points, giving up to the Packers. It was 48 the Packers scored, but obviously one of those was a pick six. But that combination's not working. And Jerry Jones as an individual, and this is the most obvious point in sports right now, as long as Jerry Jones is the owner and decision maker for the Dallas Cowboys, they will never truly win another Super Bowl. And when I say truly, they am going to compete for a Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones is in charge because he's got one priority and one priority only. And that is, how are we the most relevant team in the NFL as opposed to what I think most good ownership strives for, which is, how are we the team that's going to have the best chance to win? And you look at an individual like Clark Hunt, and he is all about winning. He's not about notoriety. Like, like listen, I'm, I'm not saying I said this, but I think, I think people, when they saw the uh, trophy presentation, they said, who's that guy? I, that guy doesn't look familiar. And who, who's the guy next to him? I, you know, so like we didn't even know like who the Hunt fan. Now, of course, Chiefs fans know who Clark Hunt is. Obviously, son of the great late Lamar Hunt. But most people don't even know what Clark Hunt looks like. The first person that people refer to when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys and their tenure is Jerry Jones. Every loss, we want to know what Jerry Jones has to say. At least the national media. At least some fans. And so that's a problem. And Jerry Jones is more of a personality than he is an owner these days. That's an even bigger problem. And so if you are his son, Stephen Jones, you got to somehow convince this man to give up personnel decisions because you know what? It's not working. He knows how to get talent. He knows how to get the big names. What he doesn't know how to do is actually win and have his team in lock, stock, and barrel. Marco Belletti, how you doing, my friend? Shep, what do you say? Marco, let me ask you something. So Bart... We're getting him up, by the way, having internet issues, so we're going to get him momentarily, I hope anyway. 
He's got a barometer that he does every Thursday mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And obviously we want people to call in at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 in terms of Bart's order for what the teams are going to be that are going to compete and ultimately win a Super Bowl, not named San Francisco and Kansas City. Marco, he's got the Cowboys at number two. When I say he, I mean the Bartometer. I think right, he goes by it's not Bart. No, it's, it's not Bartometer. Bart. No, I think he goes by he. Can you justify and explain to me in any some rankings that the Cowboys would be like, let's just say the 49ers and Chiefs are in the conversation. How in the world can you look at the Cowboys, what they have done the last few years under Mike McCarthy and with Dak Prescott as their quarterback, and say that team has a top four chance of winning a Super Bowl in 2024? Because the roster, one through 53, is that talented. It's as simple as that. We know the deficiencies with the Cowboys. We know the Jerry Jones issues. We know the Dak Prescott not coming up clutch. We know the fact that they haven't performed in the playoffs. It seems like year in and year out, they have the same issues and Mike McCarthy's had his problems going back to the days in Green Bay despite winning the Super Bowl now almost 15 years ago but when you look at the roster one through 53 the talent is there they have the ability when you watch them on the field to be able to get over the hump we just don't know if they've got the I don't want to say it as the the fortitude but the mental awareness whatever it is, whatever it is that's holding them back is not talent and that's the issue. That's when you look at with the Bartometers sliding through all of the other garbage and looking at straight talent. Talent tells you the Cowboys should have already gotten there and they have the ability to get there. That's a fair point. Now, Marco, my contention is that there, there's, there's one problem with the Cowboys, and it goes beyond Dak. It goes beyond McCarthy, and you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. As long as Jerry Jones is their decision maker in addition to being their owner, for, forget the fact that – because, listen, I'm not an ageist. If you want to be in your 80s and you want to be a general manager, go for it. I'm not saying you can't do that. We've seen success with people in their 80s as managers, as coaches. Connie Mack, Jack McKeon. But to do both, that you just, you just can't do it. And, and, not, and not at that age, you would think. Not to say it can't be done, but it makes it even more challenging. And his priority the last 25 years has been more about how am I America's team? How do I you know, come off the tip of everyone's tongue on Monday, as opposed to how do I put together a team that's ultimately going to prevail in January and early February? That is 100% accurate. My only pushback with that is we have the tendency to think that every owner is all about winning, and it's Jerry Jones that's the outlier, and he's all about attention and making money and getting his team to be the first team on the tip of your tongue and to make sure that they're on every spotlight and people are talking about him. I hate to break it to everybody. Every owner in the NFL, not every. Most owners in the NFL lean towards the Jerry Jones model. Then they do the idea of what we think of behind the scenes, just about winning. No, because we don't see them out in front because their name is not Jerry Jones, because they don't do a talk show on 105.3, the fan in Dallas every week or whatever it is, because they stay in the shadows does not mean that all they want is winning. It just means that they're going about it a different way. But I would tell you, if you got all the owners together and you gave them a lie detector test, I bet you at least three-quarters of them are more concerned with the profitability of their franchise and what it looks like. Because I bet you they would look at it and go, what the Cowboys are doing is the model. They're in it every year. They're in the playoffs. Everybody talks about them. They get wins. They're relevant. What else can you ask for? And you would look at it as a fan and go, well, a title. And they go, yeah, the titles come and go. They can't control that. But you can control being in it every year, and that's exactly what owners want.
Yeah, that's that's they fair. They want relevance. They want back page. I mean, listen, we're that's talking, what they want. We're talking about the first North American professional sports team that is going to eclipse ten billion dollars in net worth. Marco, before we get to your update, and we want calls, we want your opinions on this. Bart put out a, a Bartometer. It's on CBS Sports Radio Twitter. Again, the teams that have the best chance to win the Super Bowl that were not in Super Bowl Fifty Eight. So number one, Bengals. Number two, Cowboys. Number three, Bills. Number four, Ravens. Five, Eagles, who somehow wanted to keep Sirianni and thought that was a good idea. Number six, Packers. Number seven, Lions. Number eight, Jaguars. Marco, if Joe Burrow's healthy, now the Bartometer did not spew out healthy or unhealthy when it comes to Joe Burrow. They did say the Jets are eight as long as Robert Sala is not the head coach in 2024. <laughs> if, if, and it's a big if, if, because remember, two of the four seasons Joe Burrow has played, he has gotten banged up and has had missed significant time. Mm-hmm. Do you see the Bengals with Joe Burrow being the biggest threat to win a Super Bowl for a team not named the 49ers and Chiefs next year? Got to see the rest of the roster, how it plays out, because they have a big issue to deal with with T. Higgins, because I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know if they're going to use the franchise. And to lose T. Higgins off that offense is going to be a major blow to them. Sure. It's a lot more than people realize because you think, oh, it's Jamar Chase, it's fine. It's Joe Burrow, it's fine. They have the best, probably two-headed receiving core in the NFL. Chase is pretty good. So the idea that, <laughs> well, I mean, Chase is, T. Higgins, people don't realize he's yeah, a number one. We sleep he's on an him. absolute number one. But, he, but he's certainly not better than Jamar Chase. No, that's right. the thing, and that's why right. you got to figure out at some point who you're going to pay. So if T. Higgins is not there, it does change the equation slightly. I do think, and just to see what the rest of the roster looks like, Joe Burrow in and of itself is the biggest, uh, I guess, roadblock, if you will, to the Chiefs three-peat, simply because he has come up in every big moment. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. There's no denying that. But he's had his issues, and the Bills, more importantly, have had their issues in the big moments. Joe Burrow has not. The Bengals have not. They have found a way, and they've struggled simply to stay healthy. But when they're healthy, uh, that is a really good team, and Joe Burrow is the kind of quarterback that you would put all the chips on the middle of the table and say he can take us there. Well, speaking of taking us there and having the chips on the table, Marco, I would play poker or craps next to you anytime, man. So great to go back and forth with you on the air, Marco. Great to hear your take. Uh, we're definitely going to talk to you in the one thirty update because I want your opinion on Milwaukee Bucks because I don't think Doc Rivers whatsoever is the fit for that squad. You heard from Mark Belletti. We want to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. The Bartometer is up on CBS Sports Radio. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And why? I don't think the Bengals, given the health of Joe Burrow, should be the number one threat to the Chiefs. That's just me. What say you? Again, 855-212-4CBS. We're going to take your calls on the other side. We're going to talk about Doc Rivers and the choking Milwaukee Bucks. What an absolute ass-clown show that has been. But we're going to get to that on the other side as well. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. You are indeed listening to the Bart Winkler Show. This is higher and higher, courtesy of Creed. We are going higher and higher every single time we come to you on the airwaves here at CBS Sports Radio at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Let me just tell you what's on the table. We're gonna get back to the phones in about 30 seconds. I know people have been patient and want to talk about the Bartometer and where he has his rankings, where he has uh, the rankings according to the Bartometer, where do you have your rankings, but two things on the table as well. 
Caitlin Clark just became the all-time leading scorer in the history of women's college basketball. Why are we not talking about this superstar? Like, if this happened in men's sports, you know we'd be all over this. And I don't think anyone's ever going to touch Pete Maravich's record on the men's side. But Caitlin Clark is doing this, and she's also, like, one of the best passers of all time in the history of college basketball. She's a triple-double threat. I, my question for everybody, if—, if does this like is why is this not more of a big deal? Like I think this is historically significant. Caitlin Clark, I think ultimately will be the face of women's basketball, not just in college. Am I overhyping her? So that's on the table as well. And the Bucks suck. They suck. All right, that's on the table as well. Because let me tell you something: you have the second best record in the NBA. You're tied for it, and you fire Adrian Griffin, and then you bring in a guy who's a quote-unquote champion head coach. Although you and I would have won with Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, but that's besides the point. They are three and seven since they have gotten Doc Rivers. How was this supposed to be the solution for the Milwaukee Bucks? So that's all on the table. Now on the phone lines, let's get to Matt, who has been patient in Wisconsin. Matt, how you doing, man? What you got for us? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I can I can touch on any number of those topics. Go for it. Um, what's uh, I just I just tuned in recently. Is Bart having internet trouble? Yes, <laughs> that's the simple answer. Okay. All right. I'll I'll get more info from him later. Um, let's see. I could start with the Bardo Meteor. Yeah. Or what? Well, not Meteor. Bardo Meteor. Meteor. Wait. Wait. You go. Um, hey, wait. NFL. Wait. Wait. Man. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, you know. You know. I know my NFL too now, Matt. Yeah. Yep. Probably probably better than me. But you know, I'm gonna. Oh, and oh, I see. I see you're comparing. Okay, to Bart. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not. There I wasn't. Uh, yes. I wasn't like, oh man, it's not the host. I'm not talking to him. There you go. Exactly. Um, no, but uh, no. so in terms of the barometer, yeah, he had. Now he had the Packers six, I believe. He's got the Cowboys two, which is way too high. And when I say he, I mean the barometer. And to that, you say what? Um, I think the Cowboys are too high. I think the Jaguars are too high. Bart has a thing for Trevor Lawrence. If you don't know that yet. Um, so he is always optimistic. I believe he bet Trevor Lawrence for his MVP last year. Yeah, that worked out well. Um, I mean, he, he, I, mean, I, mean, he saw him, I hope he saw him as a rookie. Uh, you know, who knows? So um, the Packers, I kind of feel, I mean, I'm a homer there too, obviously. Um, but uh, we we looked really good at the end of the year. And I say we as a shareholder, of course. Right. Um, we looked really good at the end of the year. Jordan Love is obviously the guy. Defense was stepping up. Receivers are stepping up. Everybody's stepping up. So if we take that jump, then, yeah, we could be right back in there. Um, I think he is a little too optimistic. Um, God, my page just dropped. Um, what did I say? The Cowboys, the Lions, the Jaguars. I mean, really, it's kind of a toss-up. I think the Ravens should be probably first. So the um, Bartlemeter, yeah, the, Matt, the Bartlemeter believes that the, the, the clock management, the play calling, the philosophy of John Harbaugh has hurt them in recent games, and Lamar Jackson's style of play is going to ultimately hurt them. Um, I don't agree. Bart didn't agree, but the Bartlemeter, that's why it has the Ravens so low. When you and I both know, if they play even 70% up to their potential, they're beating the Chiefs. Right. Probably. I mean, um, yeah. Flowers, uh, yeah. Flowers and Hill getting six carries, and this is the number one rushing attack in all the NFL in the 2023 regular season. And again, with your running backs, you give it to them just six times. Someone's going to have to explain that to me, and it shouldn't be John Harbaugh. It should be the higher up, because for them to justify this loss is absolute disgraceful. I agree completely. That six rushes, is it's, it's like he was trying to lose. <laughs> right, and then, and then Zay Flowers is right there with him when he was committing three different penalties on one catch. It was it was not a pretty picture, that's for sure. 
it um, was not. We can move on to Doc Rivers because I'm obviously a Bucks fan as well. That's from it. Wisconsin. Um, you know, things started off great, and now they're not so great. And um, I, <laughs> I honestly don't know what to make of it. It's kind of like, um, you know, we threw out the baby with the bathwater, and now we have an even stinkier baby. Matt, let me ask you another question. Have you heard of Z- Zaire Williams, honestly? Zaire Williams. Yes. Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, you are not at fault for that. Let me tell you something. 98% of sports fans do not know who Zaire Williams is. He plays for the okay. Memphis Grizzlies. He scored 27 points against the Bucks on Thursday. He outscored okay. Damian Lillard, Mr. 70-point man himself. The Bucks have now lost two horrible teams. Portland, Utah, Memphis, again, Without, without three of their best players, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., and obviously John Moran is out for the foreseeable future. Like, there is no excuse for this, man. I understand Chris Middleton wasn't on the floor, but you got Giannis, you got Dame. Giannis missed two shots all night, had 35 points. You can't lose this game heading into the All-Star break. It's, it's inexplicable, and uh, it goes to the coaching because we have the players, so you're right. You absolutely, absolutely. do. So yeah. there's, there's not um, a lot of buy-in for Doc Rivers at this point, Matt, I take it. No, but, I mean, we were – I don't know where we were at um, in terms of Adrian Griffin. I I thought it was too soon, of course. Um, Guys, thirty and thirteen. So he so he ruffled yeah. some feathers. You know what? You you know this as a, as a as a Milwaukee sports fan. You needed to have some feathers ruffled. You lost in yeah. five to an eight seed. That was that was yeah. I didn't watch the rest of the playoffs. I was so upset. I don't blame I you. A single game. I I don't blame you. I would have been upset if I lived in the Midwest, let alone the state of uh, Wisconsin. But that's yep. just me. But Matt, appreciate the call. Uh, call back anytime, and hopefully Bart will not have internet issues the next time, okay? Yep, yep. You'll be hearing from me. I'll talk to you later. Sounds yep. good, Matt. Good to hear from you, man. Number to get aboard is 855 212 cbs That's 855-212-4227 to get aboard. Uh, final hour is coming up. you got free reign. You want to talk about Caitlin Clark becoming the all-time leading scorer in the history of women's college basketball. That is certainly on docket. We can discuss Doc Rivers and his ineptitude as a head coach. It is an absolute disgrace that you lose to a Memphis Grizzlies team with Giannis and Dame on the same court, and they do not have Marcus Smart. They do not have Jaron Jackson Jr. They do not have John Morant. Derrick Rose wasn't even in this game either. Derrick Rose can still play, by the way. It's absolutely, to, to you know echo the sentiments of Matt, it is completely inexplicable, and it's inexcusable. Like, you can't be losing three uh, games in, like, the last five days. Like, it's horrible. And so Doc Rivers, he needs to take a page out of anyone's book at this point because he is absolutely putting this team into the ground. This was a team with high expectations. So my thing is you might want to fire a coach again, and this time you'd actually get it right. We love Doc Rivers. Great personality, uh, certainly a great heart, but he's not the right fit for this team. We can see that team's 10 games in. We're talking Caitlin Clark. We're talking Doc Rivers and Bartometer. He has the Cowboys number two to ultimately get to a Super Bowl and win it outside of San Fran and Kansas City. That makes no sense, but we make sense. The chef for Bart, we're coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
This boy isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.